Back in the 90s, when my mother was in her 20s, she claimed that she was a bit of a party animal. Every Friday night, she and her friends would go to a popular club in Nova Scotia. For this story to make sense, I need to give you a basic layout of the club. There were two levels, one with a bar and dance floor. The second floor was a balcony that wrapped around the building. They were dancing at the club one Friday night when my mom got this uncomfortable feeling that she was being watched from somewhere on the balcony. She tried to see if maybe one of her friends was trying to get her attention, but she saw all four of them dancing on the floor. She then combed the balcony to see if she could spot someone staring at her, but with all the flashing lights and moving crowd, it was impossible to tell. So she brushed it off as a bout of paranoia. Later that night, she was doing shots with her friends when that same uncomfortable feeling came over her. Except this time, it was much stronger than before. She looked around the area again and saw no one, but something in her gut told her to stop drinking. She tried telling her friends, but by this point, they were all pretty wasted. They told her she was just being dramatic and she should stop worrying so much and try to have some fun. This didn't feel right, so she grabbed the friend that was least drunk and pulled her aside to talk. We'll call her Chelsea. She explained to Chelsea what was bothering her, and to her surprise, Chelsea admitted that she had the same feeling, but didn't want to scare anyone. They both decided it was time to leave and dragged the rest of their intoxicated friends out of there. The next morning, her aunt Carol who lived in the apartment above hers, called her to show her a breaking news story. A woman had been found murdered in the alley just outside the club. She looked almost exactly like my mom. Same hair, same outfit, everything. They believe that she had been murdered about an hour after my mom left the club that night. As far as we know, the killer has never been caught. To this day, my mom believes that she was the killer's original target, and had she not left when she did, it would have been her on the news that day. She never went back to that club ever again, and I believe it shut down a few years later. Before the story begins, I want to point out that I don't live in Canada. I was just visiting when this occurred. I took a trip to Toronto to watch my home baseball team, the Seattle Mariners, take on the Blue Jays in the wild card. I'm happy to say that we won, but after the game is where things took a turn for the worst. I left the stadium with some friends of mine, and we wanted to head back to the hotel. The streets were crowded with people, and my friends and I struggled to get past the maze of pedestrians to get to the parking garage we finally managed to reach our destination. We made our way to where the car was parked. It was towards the back section, which didn't have as many vehicles, and it was dimly lit by only a few lights hanging from the concrete ceiling. Suddenly one of my friends, let's call him Jack, tugged on my shoulder. Dude, I think someone is watching us. I froze, and that's when I saw something just up ahead. There was a figure hiding behind a truck. The person was obviously not doing a very good job at concealing themselves. The second we saw them, they stood up, 
It was a very tall man, maybe six foot four, bulky, and wearing old clothes. He had a thick beard and messy, unkept hair. He was one of those types who looked like they lived on the streets, but his size was intimidating. This man could do some real damage if he flew into a rage. The behemoth stepped out from behind the truck and began to charge at us. My heart sank, and I was terrified. Holy shit! Run! The three of us booked it to the car. I fumbled with the keys before I managed to open the door. The second everyone piled in, I immediately locked up the car. No less than a second later, I heard the sound of groaning metal. I looked over to see the bearded giant trying to get in. He wasn't just tugging on the door handle. It sounded like he was attempting to separate the door entirely from the car's frame. I didn't want to think about what would happen to us if he managed to get inside. I floored it, knocking the man over in the process. I quickly pivoted the car and hauled ass out of there. I remember looking into the rearview mirror to see the man standing back up and staring at us until we were out of sight. From now on, I'm going to be a lot more careful with my surroundings and perhaps not park in the very back of a poorly lit parking garage, especially in Canada. You never know who could be hiding in the shadows, watching you. Back in February of 2001, my friend Jake invited me on a weekend trip to a remote cabin his uncle owned in northern Saskatchewan, and I agreed to join him. So we drove the long six hours from my house to get there. Let me give you a brief layout of the grounds before we continue. It was a small ranch-style cabin with a kitchen, one bedroom, one bathroom, and a living room. There was no electricity or running water, and it was surrounded by forest on all sides. The only way in or out was down a long, unpaved driveway. We arrived around dusk. The next day Jake and I walked around the forest to search for some firewood. About an hour into the walk, Jake spotted an old abandoned house in the distance. It was nestled among a group of trees. This was rather strange as we were in the middle of nowhere in northern Saskatchewan and civilization was miles away. Jake wanted to check out the house, and although I was hesitant to tag along, I reluctantly accompanied him. We entered through a boarded-up window. Once inside, we were greeted by a musty smell. After roaming around for a bit, I noticed a door that led into the basement. Curiosity got the better of me, and against my better judgment, I opened the door and slowly made my way down the steps. Once I reached the bottom, I froze. There were dimly lit candles in a circular pattern, as if someone had been performing some kind of ritual. I pointed my flashlight across the basement floor to see if there was anyone hiding, but no one was there. After doing some exploring, I discovered that there was an empty alcove behind the stairs. As I made my way back to the steps, I saw something out of the corner of my eye, under the stairs, which had been clear just moments before. 
there was a black figure staring directly at me. I guess it had to have been at least eight feet tall. Once I saw its eyes, I knew that I was in the presence of something inhuman. A pair of glowing red eyes stared back at me, full of hatred and malice. I then heard a low, repulsive growling. The kind of sound that makes you feel like you're about to be torn apart by a vicious animal. Without hesitation, I bolted up the stairs. Jake was still exploring the empty living room when I startled him. We need to get the fuck out of here, now. We left the same way we entered. Our story does not end there. When we finally returned to the cabin, I told Jake about what I saw, and to my surprise, he believed me. I didn't see anything myself, but the moment we entered that place, I felt that something evil lived there. I was feeling a bit creeped out myself before you came running up from the basement. We decided to put the whole thing behind us, and try to get some rest. I suddenly woke up and checked my watch. The time was 2.17am. Things were dark and quiet, but I felt that something was amiss. After a while, I heard subtle footsteps outside the bedroom door. That's when Jake woke up as well. Uh, what's going on? Shh. Listen. The footsteps became louder. I got up from my bed and made my way over to the bedroom door. I then cracked it to see what was outside. Chills were sent through my body. There was an intruder in the cabin, but it was not human. It was that same creature I saw in the basement of that abandoned house. The moonlight did not provide adequate illumination, but I saw the disturbing form twisting its head until its red eyes were looking back at the bedroom door. Or should I say, me. I slammed the door shut, locking it. In a panic, we both fled the cabin through the bedroom window, leaving all of our belongings behind. As we ran towards Jake's truck, we heard a very loud, ear-piercing scream. Jake frantically started the truck and floored it out of there. We remained silent the whole way home, not saying a word about what we saw. It's been nearly 20 years since this event, and Jake and I are still good friends to this day but we have never returned to his uncle's cabin since. I don't know if what we saw that night was some kind of paranormal entity or an unknown creature living in the woods, but I don't plan on returning to find out. <laughs>